Christ on Code at UK Network Radio. This week's guest is John C. Parkin, author of the self-help book, Fuck It. John realised that saying fuck it was as good as all the Eastern spiritual practices he'd been studying for 20 years. Having said fuck it to his top job in London, he escaped to Italy to set up the retreat centre, The Hill That Breathes. A very warm welcome to the show, John. It's fantastic to have you on here and talk about your wonderful book, Obviously, um, it's uh, the title's quite an interesting one, isn't it? And uh, I don't normally swear, I must admit, on the radio, but but it's actually quite an interesting word, isn't it? Fuck it. There you go, I've said it. And um, it allows people to let go, doesn't it? It does, yeah. 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 So before we get going, um, I know you're going to be at the Mind, Body, Spirit event on Sunday. Uh, I think it's the 30th of May, I believe. That's right. Yeah, um, on 30th of May, and I'm talking from between 1 and 3. This is the event that's in Victoria, London. So um, give us a little bit of info about the workshop. Well, I'll be talking about uh, why saying fuck it is so powerful. So I'll be giving some other background as to what happened to us and to how we discovered that this um, profanity actually has a powerful effect in helping us to relax and let go. And I'll be talking about how people can, can use that and other things to relax and let go in their own lives. Yeah. It's quite an interesting thing. I was reading your your background actually. Yeah. Um, you come from an advertising background. You you are a creative person, aren't you? I mean, you've been involved in some adverts that are well known. Um, you wanted to write sc- screenplays and hope. It was hoping to go off to Hollywood. You sound like you had a very uh, successful career, a corporate career, career, and you sort of give it all up to follow your heart, really. Yeah. I mean, that was um, that's what I enjoyed doing for years. I was a I was always a writer. I wrote, um, I wrote a fictional book when I was younger than I was a, a copywriter and advertising, uh, yeah, writing television adverts. And, and latterly, I was starting to write film scripts, as you say. But uh, I mean, I tell you, there was a moment when I got to the end of my first film script that I was happy with, the first kind of full script, and it was like late at night and I finished it. And uh, I thought, well, that... I I really enjoyed the experience, but I thought, I realized this is another thing to go at, another ambition. Mm. You know, it's another long path to the <laughs> to the top of this profession. Uh, now I've enjoyed doing well in, in what I chose to do originally. Yeah. Uh, now now the, the job is to get to the top of whatever that, you know, writing films that would be seen, I want, you know, films to be seen in the cinema all over the place and to write films that move people and help change people's lives. But I just, I, as I thought this, I suddenly felt really worn out <laughs> mm. and thought, uh, no, I just want to concentrate on, on just feeling good myself and feeling happy in my own skin. So I, I kind of abandoned it to the idea of, of working with energy and Qigong and Tai Chi. And that, that, at that moment, that's what I did. I kind of abandoned that ambition and just concentrated on meditation and, and energy work. Yeah. So it's a bit of a fuck it to that career. <laughs> it's quite. It's amazing when you say that. You can really feel the power and and the release behind it, can't you? Yeah. In a way. I mean, it, that's the thing about this. I, I mean, I I worked on lots of ways to relax myself because I when I was in a stressful job, um, at times it was very stressful, and also the the stress of life would exacerbate um, my health condition. I, I had various allergies or allergies to various things. So I knew that being stressed didn't made me more unwell mm. and that when I relaxed, I, was, I felt better and was better. Yeah. So I, I spent years exploring ways to relax. And there's lots of I- ideas as well around in the spiritual traditions of letting go and giving up on attachment. But um, under great stress, you need something very powerful and even the most powerful uh, breathing techniques don't, there's not they don't have a patch on the the expression fuck it because it is i mean it, the the f word has such power mm. it it has an effect on your mind and your body straight away yeah well because when when you say it like i know in my, in my own experience that when you feel anxious or stressed yeah. that can go on for like weeks or months and eventually yeah. you get bored of being stressed and that's when you just say that word yeah. or you know, not just that word, but there's other things that are similar, aren't they? Yeah. And then everything just goes away, and then doors open for you in a way. Well, I'll tell you, you're exactly right, and I, I think the reason this is so powerful is not not just because it's because it's a, a powerful expression, and the F word is powerful in itself. I think it's quite unique as a phrase. 
and that it gets to the heart of what our problem is. Because, um, as you say, you can you can feel stressed out and anxious about things for not just hours, not just days, but for weeks and for months, sometimes years. So the the kind of source of stress keeps getting to us, and no, no matter how good our relaxation techniques are, and there are we there are some very good relaxation techniques about, including things like like using the breath or self hypnotherapy, etc., etc. Um, it doesn't get to the source of the problem. The source of the problem is that we regard these things that are causing us stress as very important and usually too important. So when we say, uh, uh, fuck it, we're, there's a kind of natural implication that, that I have regarded all these things as too important and they can't be that important. They can't matter that much. So it kind of gets it gets right at the heart of the problem, which is that we take things too seriously, mm. and too many things matter too much, and it's a recognition that it doesn't matter that much. You know, most of us worry about things that don't matter so much. Of course, there are things that we worry about that do matter, but it's about kind of getting things in perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was watching the, the video uh, of the book on YouTube today, yeah. and there's there's a scene on there where you're kind of uh, you're trying to give the uh, narrative, narrative across if things keep going wrong and then you eventually say it. and like looking at it I thought it's a real comical moment it's like comedy but you're kind of turning spirituality into something funny and like yeah. you know not taking it too seriously well I think that's the, the kind of the, <clears throat> the heart of the spiritual message we a lot of people do take well we take we take the meaning of life very seriously don't we that's mm. the truth um, and I'm, I'm kind of going in the opposite direction because uh, what we what we tend to do is we grow up, and as, as kids we don't we don't have these accumulated meanings around us. It's only as we get older that we start to develop things that that we hope mean something, and we 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 invest a lot of importance in whether it's relationships uh, or the job or uh, how much money we have or how fit and well we are, um, and then we kind of the the kind of furthest end of that, the highest level of those those levels of meaning is a spiritual meaning. So we then look at what our spiritual significance is in life and, and what there is out there, uh, whether there's a God, etc., etc., and what our spiritual purpose is. And my concern is that that's a very serious <laughs> process and a very difficult process. And uh, I suspect that the answer is is actually much less than we think it is. It's and much funnier than we think it is. So the the spiritual message to me is 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 of lightness, really. Mm. It's the kind of uh, I, I picture the laughing Jesus more than anything else. Yeah, or the laughing Buddha. Yes, exactly. As well, yeah. Yes. It's interesting because I've spoken to quite a few guests of late that all seem to have come from like a very a corporate background, high-powered jobs, and then they've kind of changed everything and then gone down the spiritual path. Obviously, the spiritual path is always there. And and I think a lot of people are in that situation today where they're doing maybe a city job. They're fed up with it. They know it's not right. They know it's soulless, and they want to make a transition, but they're not quite brave enough to do it and it's always like people wait for a catalyst don't they before they do it I mean was there was there a catalyst for you or was you just brave enough and went right I want to do this myself um it does uh, it's funny this thing about big changes um and I I it's in the air at the moment isn't it I mean there's huge economic um uh changes happening at the moment and, and difficulties uh so there's lots of different reasons that people are looking, but it seems to be in the air that people are really looking at their lives and the meaning of their lives and thinking about making these big changes. Um, for me, um, I look back at it, and you could say it was a big move and a brave move to you know, uh, leave work and, and set up a retreat, which is what we did, and we borrowed lots of money to do it. But um, the truth is, and, and, and I, I think when you ask people that have made apparently big moves they often say the same thing the truth is that uh i didn't have a choice we didn't have a choice really you know that thing when it's so powerful the desire to do something and the everything's swimming that way that there is no choice it's, i couldn't have carried on doing the job i was doing in the way that i was doing it i couldn't have carried on we couldn't have carried on living where we were living we we kind of had to do it there was no there was no choice in the matter so uh, 
in the, in the end, bravery didn't really come into it. Uh, it just wasn't a choice. So did you ever think that things would be as successful as they are when you, you know, went to Italy, set up the retreat? Did you ever think that it would take off in that way? I mean, was this after, did you write the book after you settled into your new retreat? Yeah, I, yeah, I wrote the book about a year in, actually. So um, <clears throat> we'd had, we'd had a, 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 the kind of tough patch of setting the place up. And we were starting to settle, and that's when we started teaching this. And then I wrote the book. Um, so you're asking whether at the beginning we knew it was going to be a success. Well, mm. we were very. I was very then. In, I was very into the idea of trusting. And I think if I'd a little been a little bit more business-minded and rational uh, and analytical about it. Um, I would have been very, very scared, <laughs> but but uh, we were we were very keen on just trusting that it was going to work, and uh, assuming that the people would come. That you know the kind of uh, if you build it, they will come, and it, it did work, and it, it worked very quickly as well. But it was very hard work at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but it but a beautiful place to live, and it's a beautiful business to have, and we have beautiful people coming here every week now. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked at the website, I saw the video of the retreat, and it, abs- it looks absolutely beautiful, I must yeah. admit, it really does. And to be honest, the book as well, I mean, without the book, you, that, I mean, that's really the drive that's brought the people, isn't it, to kind of learn your philosophy. Yeah. Um, and the book is so successful as well. I mean, I, I was speaking to people today, that, and a lot of people I know, telling them that I'm going to be interviewing you, yeah. um, and there's this book called Fuck It. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I go, oh yeah, I've got that book. You know, so yeah, many people. It surprises it... me how many people have got it and read it. It has sold a lot. Yeah, it just. I think what's lovely about it, it spreads out very easily because it's a it's a message that refreshes people because um, we're talking about something that's very real, that's uh, very down to earth, and it allows us all to access spirituality or our spiritual side or spiritual realm very easily and very quickly. So um, I know it's, lo- it's lovely to see it spreading out so quickly, and, it, and it's, it's now going all over the world. It's in 11 languages. So I'm get, I get calls from German magazines and Croatian centers wanting me to teach there, so it's really exciting, yeah. Crikey. <laughs> How does that translate into other languages? I mean, do they have these powerful profanities <clears throat> in that way? I'll tell you what they do. They put, they put fuck it in English on the cover and then right. have a form of translation, which is, uh, we're in Italy, that's what they're doing in Italy. Yeah. Uh, so they put uh, the Italian is Marquisa de Frega, which means "who cares," basically. So yeah. it's not a profanity, but it's the essence of "fuck it," which is it doesn't matter so much. <laughs> I guess what you've done there, though, you've kind of educated the masses on what the word "fuck it" means <laughs> in well, English that, as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's there. I mean, it's a, it's like what I what I see it as is like this. Um, it's almost like a, a jewel. Uh, right in the middle of what we what we see as a kind of messy, um, immoral culture, uh, and, and the kind of high, the, the, the 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 depth of that messiness is is the way we swear so much, isn't it? The way mm. we all use the F word, every other word, it's just terrible. It's a real indication of how corrupt and bankrupt our culture and society is. And yet, there, right in the heart of that, is an F, a phrase with the F word in it. That actually allows people to release and to relax and to find liberation in the end, and that's what it's about. It's about it's about liberation. It's about yeah. real letting go and recognizing that things don't matter so much. Yeah. Mm. So where did the idea come from? Was it something that kind of built up over time? Was you just finding yourself saying it over and over again, or was it kind of just a, an inspiration that comes to you? And being like a, a, an advertising creative, yeah. you could see the power of it. Because I imagine you do, you know, you, you're talented in that way, aren't you? Really. Um, well, where did it come from? It, we were kind of practicing various relaxation techniques and interesting in ideas about letting go and giving up on attachment for years. And we were actually teaching quite a lot in London. And then obviously teaching weeks when we got out here, we were teaching quite boringly named weeks, like holistic. Mm. We we were calling our weeks holistic weeks, I think. And we were starting to say to guests, um, well, that summer, it was pretty stressful summer for us. And yeah, we started to say for ourselves, fuck it. And we realized that it was very powerful to say it. Not just that it was powerful, that it had a similar effect 
to a lot of the things that we've been doing as practices. It was allowing us to give up on attachments, which is essentially what you're doing. It's a very Buddhist idea. And so we then say to guests, um, you know, you're actually leading a pretty similar life to the lives that we've been leading, uh, stressed out, too busy, overworked, worrying about things too much. You're probably a control freak, etc., etc. Um, uh, why don't you just go home and try to say, fuck it? And uh, that's our gift to you. I remember saying to a couple of guests, that's our gift to you. Um, you go home and just say, fuck it, to everything that's causing you stress. And we got um, lots of emails saying, we well, love the week. It was a really lovely holiday. just wanted to say that thing that you said to us about going away and saying, fuck it, has been so powerful. And so we sat there, and, and as you say, we, we have had experience in kind of presenting things to people in a way that appeals, and we could see that it's a very interesting idea to to match this idea of saying fuck it, this profanity, with the idea of being a, sp- a spiritual act or a spiritual philosophy. It's the, the juxtaposition of things sometimes makes them very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's indeed, it is indeed. Because when, when I spoke to you last time, you know, you couldn't come on because you was, um, you know, you, you had problems with the volcano like most people did. They couldn't get around, yeah. and obviously yeah. that caused a lot of problems for you as well. And obviously the world's going through quite a lot of changes at the yeah. moment. Um, I mean, I ask this question quite often with with various guests, you know, mm. just to get your insight and other people's insight. I mean, what? Do you, where do you feel the world's going? Do you feel that, you know, like humanity, the world, it's all going through a big change for the better? Um. Well, I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to get involved in the drama that says that, that, that we're all going down the tube and it's getting worse. But I suspect the answer is that it's always been like this <laughs> and always will be like this. But there's always going to be drama in the, in the, in the dualistic world that we apparently live in. Um, and that's, that's part of the game, I think. So, um, you know, there's always been something. When, when, when I was growing up, there was a huge fear around... The, the world ending through nuclear war um, and uh, there's, there's always been terrorist attacks and, and uh, disasters and, and bad weather conditions, there's, there's always stuff uh, and of course it's tempting to think, but I was actually thinking as the volcano was kicking off a few weeks ago and was uh, potentially preventing our guests coming to see the barefoot doctor which was the first week we had and for, or potentially preventing barefoot himself coming out I was thinking if this was happening in 2012, if it was now 2012 and this volcano was grounding all the flights in Europe and North America, we would certainly be believing that this was the the kind of beginning of the end of the world. So maybe the volcano has gone off two years early. <laughs> <laughs> and when those, those, yeah. disasters, those disasters and kind of natural occurrences have got to wait a little bit so we can all kind of go... In 2012, oh my God, it is happening! Got <laughs> our knees very quickly, but I'm, I'm, um, I think it's all, it's, it's part of the drama to think that things are changing, and I'm afraid I, I do, uh, I do take take all that with a pinch of salt. The idea that either we're um, rapidly descending into chaos and uh, whatever, whatever we believe might be happening, or that we're ascending. There's many ideas around about a form. Of, kind of spiritual ascension or evolution. Hmm. Um, I, I think we're just kind of, we're just here. That this is what's going on. This is it. And there's not a lot other else than that. Yeah. The idea, the, those ideas are just ideas and concepts. And um, for me, they distract me from the beauty of just being here now. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> indeed. But I think, um, you know, like obviously the duality thing, a lot of people yeah. are getting into the spiritual way of life, aren't they? But at the same time, yeah. there's a lot of information overload. So yeah. people are kind of being bombarded with more and more things. Yeah. Um, so having to deal with so much more. So people are feeling more anxious. Um, but they've got the spirituality side as well. So it's kind of, it's great because you've got, obviously things are happening more and more, more technology to give us more information. Yeah. But we've yeah. got the tools to allow us to get through it at the same time. And this is what, you know the work you're doing is allowing people to um, balance themselves in a very high-powered environment. Do you think the, the do you think the spiritual tools that we can access are increasing at a, a, a proportional rate to the increase in information coming at us? <laughs> maybe that's maybe there's a formula for this. <laughs> I think be. it's true. I mean, what's yeah. what's true is that I mean, it's almost like a spiritual supermarket now, isn't it? Mm. 
where um, I, I, what I don't like, what I don't like about this the, the approach to it is that I, it's assumed to be that if you're into, let's say, angels, that you're also into about 15 other things. That you're into reflexology and uh, astrology and uh, and having your house cleansed by a shaman. So even though it's a supermarket and there's a huge amount of things to choose from in this in this varied um, modern supermarket, um, I think a lot of us are kind of bunged into the same bag. Mm. Uh, whereas that's not true. I think there's a lot of discerning um, seekers and also people who kind of really have really had some very deep perceptions about what's going on. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've had people on your program who've, who've really had some very powerful realizations about what's behind it all, about what's behind these kind of the light show that's going on, which is the spiritual game, really. Mm. I don't think anyone knows for sure, and that's why there's so much speculation. We're very good at, yeah. um, you know, with the, with the Y2K thing. When things are in the future, yeah. it's very easy to get hooked on it. Yeah. Um, and when the event arrives, of course, people move on to something else, don't they? That's right. It is true. I just, I mean, I, I think we should be kind of uh, hankering after the good old days when the priest would tell us what what the truth was, and it was all very easy as long as you as long as you were happy to be controlled by the powerful message of the heaven and the hell, and this is how it is, and the good book the good book is the only book. Uh, if the Christian tradition was was what was going on in your neck of the woods at that time, but it was probably relatively simple <laughs> 150 <laughs> years ago. Whereas now there's a huge amount of stuff, and and if if we are to kind of face it consciously and um, uh, analytically as well, there's a lot to wade through. Really, there's a lot of interesting ideas out there. There's a lot of fascinating stuff. Yeah, well, this is the thing. You know, the internet's a brilliant tool, but at the same time. There's so much information there, and a lot of misinformation, yeah. disinformation, yeah. and a lot of garbage. When I mean, you have to yeah. kind of go through all that and discern what's right, um, and I often think because I'm obviously I'm on the internet with the website that I do yeah. and, and the radio show, and sometimes I just wish, oh, I wish I could just get away to a retreat or just yeah. live a life like an old monk somewhere. But of yeah. course, it's, you can't do that these days. You know, um, well, you could. You, you could. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could. Might but... not pay as well <laughs> as certain things that we do nowadays, but it's still a possibility. I know places near here that don't have any ADSL or broadband. <laughs> I do. I must admit, I do envy like the Tibetan monks and stuff. You know, yeah, do that. Um, and obviously, you're kind of doing that to some regards, but you're, you're still travelling around, aren't you? You're still meeting people. You're coming to London, and yeah, I'm travelling. I'm travelling around, and also we're we're hooked up here. Um, so I'm I'm on the internet myself. Mm. So we're, we're well in touch here, even though as a, when I look out the window, it's just woods and hills, uh, and the air is very clean. But it's still, but I like that. I love, I love the. I think I'd have trouble living in in Italy. Um, full time we live here all year round if there wasn't that quick contact with the rest of the world you know with my friends and I can listen to the radio in English if, if, if it was uh, if it was like it was 20 years ago I'd, I'd probably be in more trouble here I think yeah <laughs> Is that the dome thing that you've got in in your garden, or is is that purely for meditation? Does it have any kind of um, like esoteric energies that happen specially in it? I mean, is, is there a reason why is that that particular shape? Um, yeah, some people do say that it um, it creates particular energies. Um, what what I do, I mean, uh, the whole hill here seems to have a particular energy, a, a very healing energy that people are. Um, sensitive to these things seem to notice and the the, the dome is a is, is a beautiful place it's got a lovely view and it, it feels nice and I was reading recently about uh, this guy who who developed um, his name was I think Wilhelm Reich who uh, studied under Freud and he started to develop these various shapes to attract energy so he was developing pyramids yeah um, and uh, it's a fascinating area of uh, of science or semi-science to look at that. But uh, I can just tell that it feels good. Mm. <laughs> it feels good in there, and it's easy to teach. Yeah. Mm. So what do you, I mean? What do you teach at the retreats? I mean, it looks really nice. Um, yeah. You know, I was reading some of the, fee the comments and feedback that 
people have put onto your Facebook page from the recent retreat and it's, it's, it's like a holiday isn't it but at the same time people are kind of relaxing meditating looks like you do a whole bunch of different activities you go down to the beach I saw you on the beach doing stuff running in the sea yeah. doing a little wiggle in the sea <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm upset that you saw that <laughs> <laughs> saw me wiggling my uh, rotund body I didn't um, know which one was you though so you got away with that <laughs> it was the rotund one <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, well, well about uh, two-thirds of the time here we're running yoga weeks and other teachers like Barefoot Doctor and then we run these fuck it weeks uh, and we've just finished one we got another one next week yeah. and uh, we do a variety of things it's, it's primarily a holiday uh, for people to relax and let go and then we do sessions in the morning and the afternoon and we teach well, we, we, we really look into why we've got to the point, most of us, where we need to say, fuck it. Mm. Uh, because if we were all um, living relaxed lives where we lived more in harmony with nature, um, slept enough, didn't get stressed out about things, didn't watch 24-hour news that, that gave us pretty good reason to be scared all the time... Um, we wouldn't have to say fuck it. So the first thing we do is we look at the reasons why we we need to let go, we need to relax, and we need to uh, lighten up a little bit. And then we, we, we do various exercises around relaxation. We teach relaxation techniques. Um, and the main thing we teach is Qigong. Now, Qigong is the Chinese energy art. It's the kind of Chinese yoga. Um, and it just means working with energy. So we teach what I regard as the best way of working with energy. And the idea in Qigong is that, um, very similar to fuck it really, the idea is that um, the energy flows the more you relax. The more you relax, the more the energy flows. And that's the energy in your body and the energy everywhere else, given that everything is linked by energy. Everything is just energy. Mm. Um, so that's what we're doing, and we're teaching exercises around that and showing some amazing things as well. What we've... What you, we show is that it's a good idea to be relaxed in life for obvious reasons. You're, you're healthier, or rather you're going to be less healthy if you're stressed all the time. Uh, it's more enjoyable to be relaxed. Um, but also you can get into some quite peculiar magic stuff as well if you're relaxed. Okay. For example, um, uh, well, there's that, there's that beautiful study that was done. Uh, this is mentioned in Lynn McTaggart's book, The Field, yeah. about uh, the psychic abilities that they they were developed they were studying in some American university in the 70s the CIA suddenly invested lots of money into programs around researching psychic studies because they were aware they were scared that the that the Soviet Union were developing psychic spies uh, remote viewing exactly yeah um, and the, my, the interesting take out from what I read about that was not that like the remote viewing was possible and that you could uh, encourage it in other people as well as train psychics. But it was the, the way to, um, to develop these skills and the quality of those who, were, who did have psychic abilities was that they were, number one, relaxed, deeply relaxed, and number two, they were playful, um, which is a beautiful kind of uh, recognition of, <laughs> of what it's all about. That, that not only is being relaxed and playful a lovely state to be in, but it can actually give you magic powers. Mm. So when you say magic powers, though, what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, that's what I'm, I'm talking about psychic abilities as magic right. powers. Yeah. So the ability to... It's, a, it's the thing, when you, when you do relax, you start, you know, when you start to... Co a lot more coincidences happen in your life. Synchronicities. And stuff yeah, the synchronicities, yeah. you start to attract things, you, you, st you start to kind of get what people are... Thinking, you sometimes hear what people are thinking, even if you can't differentiate who, where it's coming from. But some of those abilities, you, they, they start to kind of happen naturally. And people who've taught Qigong for thousands of years, would, they would all, they would say that you get psychic abilities from doing the kind of practice, from learning how to relax and to relax deeply. But in this case, the scientists kind of go, okay, there are psychic, we we can develop psychic abilities, and to develop them, you need to relax deeply. And don't treat it too seriously. Mm. Um, but that's that's a kind of happy side effect to me. That uh, that element. It, it's it's mainly about the beauty of of um, of being able to relax 
and um, and take things less seriously and mm. see the funny side in things, and then and then consequently have this lovely thing called chi or energy flowing around my body, which feels really nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Just want to go back on on some of your your background actually, because um, mm. just let some of the listeners know, you know, quite interesting, you know, what you worked on. There's one thing mm. on there where you, you mentioned that you had 70 people from the Sci-Fi Channel in mass trance and yeah. you were able to sort of help them conjure up new programs or you know new creative ideas yes that's true that sounds incredible doesn't it i mean do these people when you go into these places like this are they open to this or do you, are you sort of approaching it in a way that they're comfortable with uh good questions because it is true i mean the sci-fi channel was relatively easy because it was um a kind of young and funky group of people in that company but if you're going in to meet the marketing director and the chief executive of a, a large corporate company and you said i'm going to put you in trance they probably wouldn't return the call or turn up to the meeting mm. so i mean this is a little while back now this is more than 10 years ago but um when actually a lot of these things weren't as well known as they are now you know it's uh, uh it was it was more fringe than it is now so i used to talk about creative visualizations and then when people were in the room would then talk about what it was <laughs> and um but you still get people who were very reluctant and I, I remember one particular woman who was um i think the marketing director of a big company she was based in paris and she says uh, at the beginning of the meeting she says i tell you now um that there's no way you could hypnotize me somebody tried on me once before and there's no possibility so um I don't know what I'm going to do this meeting. And I said, well, don't worry. Clearly, it's not possible. Why don't you just sit there and relax and kind of plan your week or something in your head? And we'll get on with it. And she, within 10 minutes, she was in the deepest trance I've seen. Really? In that context. And kind of came out kind of astonished by what, what the journey she'd been on. So um, at some level, it's, it's very, very enjoyable to do it in the context that none of us expect in the corporate context you know we i work with people who were were coming up with you know seriously important ideas for big companies and to have everybody there um in their suits get with their heads kind of dropping onto their chests yeah imagining what their company could be like in 15 years time 20 years time or 100 years time and coming up with ideas for the company like that. It was, it was great. Um, and the main, the main reason we used it was, apart from it being fun, it's a very, very quick way of getting to good ideas because most of us have got the, the conscious mind and the, you know, the obligation, the stresses of everyday life get in the way of creativity. Yeah. So I was very interested in how we can be creative quickly. So I just wondered, you know, like when you watch the TV and you see all these adverts, how much yeah. of them are created by going into like a deeper, deeper level of trance? Yeah, yeah, that's it's, it's interesting. This um, one one thing um, I know from being in that industry, uh, well, any kind of creative industry, is that anything we see is most likely to be a diluted version of something even better behind it. So if you think an advert is good, then behind it is something that's probably even better. Yeah. And if you see a, 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 a nice bit of architecture or a, um, a poster on the street or a piece of art or uh, any kind of idea that manifests around us, behind it is something even more beautiful. So it's almost like a, a utopian design behind everything that we see and we mm. experience. But in terms of creativity, yeah, I think creative pe people who, are, who go into that as a job they don't like to question how they do it, but they are naturally probably getting into a, a, a light trance state, yes. Mm. So they will, I mean, creators will always have been, in, in, in our career, would have been slagged off because nobody regarded them as doing any proper work because they'd sit in their office with their feet on the table, reading the newspaper, playing pool. And, uh, but those are the ways that you would get your brain into a, well, you're changing the frequency of your brain, actually. Mm. You know, the, the way, uh, the light trance, because most of us exist in the kind of, with the brain and beta frequency as an adult. And when you, when you do relax, the brain actually switches frequency to alpha uh, and changes even more if you relax even more deeply. 
Um, and most of us go into that light trance a few times during the day. So you might go into it in the shower or when you're going for a walk or driving the car. When you're driving the car and you, you know, when the miles disappear, you're on the motorway and you suddenly notice you're at junction 27 and the last juncture, remember, is junction 21. The very scary moments when time disappears. Um, but we're in a light trance in those day, in, at those times. And it's an incredibly creative and actually incredibly healing state as well. Mm. Um, so I was very interested about how to conjure up that state um, so I could use it. So if I was stressed out and I couldn't come up with an idea, I could actually get myself into that state to come up with an idea more quickly. Yeah. Your brother was in a, a very minor um, car accident where he was, him and his friend were sitting in a cab and um, some guys were in a van and they didn't see that they'd stopped or parked and they came crashing in the back of their car. But they, they, they knew this van was coming, they knew there was, there was about to be hit, but in the moment they were hit, he said that time just slowed down and he yeah. could think with absolute clarity what to do, where to position himself and what happened in a fraction of a second was almost like it took about 10 seconds, just yeah, high resolution time. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It'd be nice if it could live like that, wouldn't it? If it everything would just slowed down. That's probably to do with like the production of adrenaline or something, I think probably is isn't it yeah but it just shows you really because we know this is a really thing uh deep thing to say but you look at flies you look yeah. at different insects and um they're whizzing around really really quickly yeah. but are they actually they're probably moving around relative to themselves really slowly yeah and yeah, thinking yeah. those humans just zip around no, not, <laughs> actually not zipping around are we what are we doing compared to them we'd be really um slow wouldn't we that's right we like tortoises kind of moving <laughs> <laughs> why don't those humans ever move yeah they're trying to squat me oh they're so terrible <laughs> but um because i know you worked on the one of the orange um ads or something but there was a couple of years ago orange were running an advert where they were saying I am everyone or something like that where it was almost like at the time I got into this concept where there's a unity thing where there's only one of us here or something like that and that actually there's only one uh, supreme being in the whole universe and we're just different aspects of that kind of thing like really a spiritual concept of unity and then Orange were kind of running this advert that I am everyone and sort of showing all these different faces, but really they're one. And it was kind of, ooh, it sounds quite a spiritual concept. They were trying Absolutely to get... is, yeah. I vaguely remember, because I, I probably wasn't in the UK, but I vaguely remember seeing some of that, and that is... I mean, that's probably creatives who are interested in this area, who kind of read something about this and then think it'd be a good idea for a for an advert for Orange. But, I mean, that is a, that's a, a hugely radical idea, isn't it, around reality? Because mm, we're all connected, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's one thing to... And I'm very interested in this, and there's the the, the philosophical aspect of it is uh, Advaita, and you know about Advaita? Advaita. Uh, Advaita is, is uh, the philosophy that means, um, literally means not two. So it means one, but right. not two. And it's exactly what you're talking about. It's the idea that we are all one, all is one, and the... The, the fact the the idea that we're separate is just that it's an idea or it's an illusion it's a it's a, just something that we 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 see but isn't the truth the truth is that we are all one mm. and it, it pops up again it is pop, I, I like the fact that you've seen it popping up in advertising but it pops up in 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 philosophies in religions and in literature all over the place throughout time the idea that we are one and um yeah, we kind of refer to it. It's a bit like a spiritual cliche, isn't it? That we're one. Mm. You know, I mean, even Bono talks about we're one, but we're not the same. Well, well, I have to disagree with Bono because if we are one, we are the same. <laughs> actually, mm. you can't Paradise. be anything else if you are one. It means that difference is actually part of the illusion. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, but it's a very, it's clearly a very, very difficult concept to understand, if not impossible. Yes. Uh, and if that is reality, it's a beautiful thing, and that. And in a sense, fuck, it came out of some perception of some of that, actually. Yeah. Um, because we, we were very fascinated by this, by this perception or this idea. Yeah. That um, the, the, way it's, the way one can explain it sometimes is if, if we are all one, if all is one, then the idea that I'm separate from you is, is just an idea. Mm. The idea of the past is just an idea. The idea of the future is just an idea. The idea of anything beyond where I am and what's happening here is an idea. And also, if we are all one, then 
good and bad don't exist. Better and worse don't exist. It's the it's the true source of non-judgment. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a very very beautiful idea. And also things we're not going anywhere. There's no there's no purpose to it. There's no intention. There's just this as it is. And uh, that did partly inspire fuck it, a kind of realization that things didn't matter so much, if at all. Mm. <laughs> I do know what you mean. There was a thing on a documentary I was watching last year, and it's called um, about the I am, I am thing. Yeah. And, they, and they kind of said what it should have been was not I am, I am. It was um, I am that I am. Yeah. So it's like everything you look at, I am that. I am. Yeah. I am that telephone. <laughs> I am. That's right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, it, and you think, you know, I wonder if that philosophy all the way back then is just the same idea that we're all run one, really, aren't we? You know. Yeah, the I am that thing is very the. the it's a kind of um, it's been regarded as a bit of a spiritual process that you basically you ask yeah you ask what you what I am and you can it's interesting you keep going you keep I am this I'm a I am a teacher. I am a father, I am a dad, I'm a, I'm a, um, a follower of Arsenal, and on you go. And, uh, and then it kind of loses meaning after a while. That's the point of that process. And if you'd really go deep, especially in meditation, and you realize that you're not your thoughts and you're not the, the, all those things that you think you are, you're something much bigger, and then eventually, yes, you start to, the, the realization can happen that, I am that. I am all those things that seem to be out there. Mm. All the things that seem to be perceived by me are actually me. But that's hugely difficult. <laughs> mm. So in a way, the problem with it sounds yeah. very abstract, doesn't it? it? It's very abstract. Very abstract. But do you think, you know, like forgiveness is, is kind of a, um, a concept that people use today, but it's also quite a religious concept as well that I think yeah. you know Jesus was talking about this idea that we should forgive yeah. and sometimes people find that hard to forgive but in a way that's similar to the fuck it philosophy isn't it because you are you're letting go of it um, yeah. it's just, I suppose is it that do you think it's the same thing um, yeah I mean that forgiveness is, is a letting go certainly so you, you could you could draw a line there yeah absolutely yeah. So when you do the retreats and you're, you're, you're helping people, you said you get to the root of why people are feeling that way. So do you, because, yeah. um, you know, obviously, if we don't get to the root of the problem, it's probably going to keep going and going and going. So do you sort of help people using uh, hypnotherapy techniques or kind of psychological techniques to mm. unravel, get to the root of the cause, you know, the problem? Well, the root, the, core, the root of the problem is very simply that we um, take life too seriously. Um uh, so it's not a it's not a matter for us of any form of kind of psychoanalysis or anything of of uh, going to into different uh, past traumas or past problems that people have. I mean that that healing might happen, um, but what can happen also is that those things can become irrelevant, absolutely irrelevant, uh, when the realization occurs that actually all there is is this, just the stuff that's happening now. And that things aren't so important. So that's what we're kind of getting at all the time. Um, and, I mean, if you look at the, the, the abstract stuff that we've been talking about, you could argue that nothing matters at all, that there really is no meaning, because there is no me. The me is an illusion. Um, but that, that is very, very difficult to get your head around. Mm. So what we say, which is the teaching that I can understand and that people that we work with can understand is that I'm, I'm worrying about too many things and things matter too much when in actual fact things don't matter so much, especially the things that are causing me so much stress. And what we're teaching as well is the, is the kind of opening to all the bits of me. Uh, if there is a me, it's an opening to the all, all the bits of me. And um, the, the problem is that even with the kind of spiritual element to the polemic that we're in. The the problem is that we uh, want to emphasise the good side of ourselves and to and to develop our ourselves and to be more peaceful and be more calm and more forgiving uh, and more spiritual uh, and and less selfish, etc., etc. We want we want to uh, emphasise pretty obviously the the good things in our character. 
And the problem is that we then exclude and make wrong the other sides of our character, the shadow sides. And I, I, the truth is, if we are talking about what I am like and what everybody's like, is that we're a huge range of different characteristics and people. Um, you know, I, of course I'm, I can be relaxed and I can be calm and I can be peaceful and I can be generous, but I am also angry and stressed out and anxious uh, and selfish. And if I only regard one side of myself as good and okay and helpful and exclude the rest, I tend to get into a pickle because I'm constantly fighting against an actual side of myself. So part of what we teach and part of what interests me is to embrace all of those sides, yeah. all the parts of myself, and, and not to judge any part of myself and not to judge all the different sides of other people as well. Yeah. So, I mean, last thing I want to ask you really is, um, you know, what can people do to get on one of your retreats? How can they find information about you um, just really to, you know, find out about your work? Uh, thank you. Yeah, the, for the retreat, we have a website, uh, which is www.thehillthatbreathes.com uh, or Google The Hill That Breathes. So that's the name of the retreat, The Hill That Breathes. Um, and uh, for a lot of the fuck it stuff, I have a site which is called um, www.thefuckitway.com yeah. um, or theeffitway.com, F-I-T. We have... I have both URLs in case people are using the internet at work and or don't want to write the full swear word. They can use the other way of doing it. And uh, yeah, on Facebook, we have a, a page on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. Yeah, you've got, you've got quite a lot of people on there as well, haven't you? Yeah. And, um, and I guess when people do go to your retreats, they can all stay connected and, and talk about their experiences, can't they? But that's what I, I love. I mean, I, in particular, I, I love Facebook and Twitter because... Each day you can say something. You can stay in touch with so many people. That, that, that is the beautiful thing about the technology. It's not just about writing a book every year or two years and meeting people every six months. It's, a, it's about being able to stay in touch every day, and that's really cool. I love that. Yeah, because it can take quite a while to write a book and get it out there, can't it? So, it you know, can, yeah. yeah. It's much better just to... to um, I, think Facebook, I think the key is actually to write some great things on Facebook every single day. For a, for a year and then just to kind of paste all those together and create a book from that that'd be a very easy way to write a book <laughs> it would be <laughs> <laughs> and if we're getting clue actually I will do this uh, I, I, I've, I will do this uh, let, let's say in a year's time when there's even more great comments on the fuck it site uh, I, will, I will paste all my comments and then everybody else's the best of everybody else's comments about my comments on there <laughs> Which would create an entertaining yeah. read and a very lazy uh, author. <laughs> <laughs> you do realise you're giving away your um, your advertising secrets here, you know. You're... I do, but I, there's a, <laughs> uh, that's true. But there's a there's a fantastic advertising guru who wrote a great book. It's called Paul Arden, uh, and I wish I could remember the name of his book. It's a popular book, um, <clears throat> but he talks about give your ideas away. Yeah, give all your ideas away. If if you're abundant, that's about abundance, isn't it? Mm. If you're abundant, there's loads there. There's loads more. But if anybody does take the idea that I've just mentioned, <laughs> I'll sue you. <laughs> That's I'm only abundance. joking. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but there is a, I mean, this is another new age kind of idea. They reckon there's a, a hundred monkey effect, don't they? So that if someone's about to invent a light bulb in yeah. Australia or something, then someone's likely to invent it in England because it's almost like through the field of consciousness yeah. the idea comes in, doesn't it? Things are certainly out there, yeah. And yeah. it's, it's uh, you see, I, I mentioned that book, The Field, which um, the idea is that there's a kind of, there's the field of energy is out there. And we're just kind of, um, our ability to scoop bits out of the field is what's important. And I, 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 I see that. If you're, if you're relaxed, if you're very relaxed, you're more able to scoop stuff out of this field of energy or information. So yeah, in the field of information at this, at this moment, is the spiritual idea that's going to sell millions and change people's lives in 10 years' time, you know, or five years' time. And it's just up to one of us to scoop it out and put our own little stamp on it and put it out there. Mm. <laughs> and that's what's interesting. I mean, that's what I like about this, this, um, this game and this business. Yeah. It's finding new and interesting ways to 
convey fascinating messages about liberation. That's what it is. It's about liberation to people. Mm. Liberation from the stresses and the pain, the god-awful pain of everyday life <laughs> that most people feel. You know, and of course, a lot of us feel joy and happiness and bliss occasionally, but we also feel stressed and anxious and scared about a lot of things. So if there are a few of us out there who can help other people to relax around all the onslaught of uh, fear, then that's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's it. People come, you know, in the duality thing, people come from different walks of life. They probably had some very severe um, experiences growing up, haven't they? And they need, yeah. you know, a lot of encouragement and you know, a lot of help really to get themselves to a balanced place. So it is a quite, it's a serious thing as well, isn't it? You know, really helping people um, to try and get to, to their centre of their being, really, so they can, you know, feel free. Really. Well, absolutely. I mean, um, we all feel pain at times, and uh, we all go through very difficult times. And we all feel scared, and we all feel stressed, and we all feel anxious, sometimes only occasionally, but some also, for a few people, a lot of the time. And um, I think if you felt those things and felt the pain, and remember who helped you and what messages helped you, then you, you realize how important it is to have those messages around that can really help us in times of pain. So yeah. thank the Lord for... Uh, for the Bible, for, <laughs> for many people over good times, but the Bibles of now, what are the Bibles of now? Yeah. And thank the Lord for Barefoot Doctor and yeah. Eckhart Tolle and uh, exactly. Louise Hay well, and I spoke uh, to, uh, David Hamilton. Doctor. You know, the people yeah. that are giving very powerful, strong healing messages now. Yeah. I say I spoke to Barefoot a, a few weeks ago, and yeah. he's, a, he's a brilliant guy, isn't he? Very uplifting. Yeah. yeah, and I just—I was looking at the uh, on a light-hearted note here as well. I was looking yeah. at the Graham Norton uh, sketch that you had yeah. of your. I take it you weren't on the show, but he was kind of featuring it. I wasn't on the show, but yeah, he, he flashed up bits of the book and a picture of me behind it. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was funny because the the last bit as well, he got the audience saying, you know, fuck it to the banks, yeah. <laughs> to the housing market, and then in classic Graham Norton style, he put up a picture of a. A, a naked man. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. It was great, wasn't it? <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, you've obviously touched a lot of people, and um, and I'm sure you'll carry on touching more with your brilliant work as well and philosophy. And um, you. you know, before we go, just um, you know, obviously remind people you you are going to be at the Mind Body Spirit in London, and that's on Sunday the 30th of May for a workshop. And if people want to um, be involved in your workshop, I did I just contact Mind Body Spirit for the website? Yeah, they can go straight to Mind Body Spirit. There's a, the workshops are listed by the day, uh, and also on my site, there's a, there's a page about it, and then a link straight into the Mind Body Spirit site, so you can book you can book through my site as well. Um, yeah, it's good. Well, thank you for mentioning that, and yeah. uh, well, thank you for all the great work you're doing as well. Um, okay, well, thank you. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Well, brilliant, um, John. I'll let you get on now. And, um, and uh, yeah, I already wish you all the best. Thank you very much. The same to you. It's lovely talking. And to you. God bless. Okay, cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.